It's another episode of a crazy little thing called Love Dev, brought to you by me. Today's episode is 80, The Wizard of Kiwis. So I've been a single parent for about a week now. Don't worry. (laughs) Me and Sheila are not divorced. She's gone to Santorini in Greece. Like I was, I think I mentioned it. Basically, she's in Greece with her sister. So I've had to stay at home, not go to work, obviously, because I've got the kids. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I've been a parent. A single dad, yeah, and house husband, shall we say. I've had to do all the chores. and uh, I've got to admit, it's not easy trying to keep the house tidy with two young children. (laughs) And myself as well, who can make a mess. Uh, I've been trying to stay on top of it, really. You know, do the washing, do the cooking, over the house. (laughs) The usual chores. Uh, I'll I'll take my hat off to any single parents out there who listen to this. It's not easy at all being a single parent. I feel like I'm a single parent. I'm not, but if you know what I mean, yeah. So I can't wait for Sheila to come back. The worst thing is I've missed two school runs. (laughs) When I say missed, I like my son, as you know. Gets picked up by a minibus for his school. And I've missed it twice now. (laughs) I missed it this morning. I woke up. I think my alarm did go off. The first time, I didn't even hear my alarm. So I don't know what happened to that. That was the reason we got late that day. But then this morning, it went off. And I turned it off. I thought, I'll I'll get back up in a minute. And I didn't. (laughs) So I woke up, and then my son's all dressed. He dressed himself. He's ready now, and he's standing in his bedroom, and I walk out, and he's, I'm like, damn, what time is it? <laughs> it's about 9 o'clock. I thought, oh, no. Well, he starts school at 9, I think. So I thought, I've got to drop him. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even brush my teeth or wash my face. <laughs> I was like, get in the car, I'm dropping you to school. So now my daughter's off today because she's got a training day. So I'm still stuck with her in the house. Having daughters, mm. (laughs) that's all I can say. (laughs) She does listen sometimes, but then she argues back. Like, it's time for bed. Why? What do you mean, why? (laughs) I'll say it's time. When I say it's time for bed, you go you go to bed. That's the worst word I think children hate or sentence. Time for bed. <laughs> it's like kryptonite for many kids. They hate it. No, no, I don't want to go. No. My son is one of the worst ones for that. He'll kick up a fuss and I'm like, come on, who's a good boy? You are. <laughs> I had to try and cut his head, right? As you know, my son's autistic, right? And, um, like, his hair has gone out of control. 
he looks like oh, I don't even know. It's it's like he's bringing back the seventies. <laughs> you can just about see his face because uh, his eyes are all covered up, and then his hair covered. His hair is that long; it covered his ears. <laughs> it looked like he had a helmet on his head, <laughs> a motorcycle helmet, one of them old school ones, you know the round ones, one of them. <laughs> That's what he looked like. So I was like, you need a haircut. No, no. He's scared of the uh, the machine. I think it's the sound, but he said it's the machine because it gets caught in his hair and then it kind of pulls. But I used to have like an old trimmer and I used to use that on him. And it did like, it, it was crap. So I've got a new one, which I've had for a while. I thought, right, I'm cutting your hair. I had to hold him. <laughs> he was crying his eyes out. And I had to hold him and squeeze him. And you just feel really bad. Like, you think, oh, I'm torturing my child. But at the same time, you know that they need that haircut or they need it. It's like the only way they're going to learn is if you have to force it on them, unfortunately. But eventually, he got kind of got used to it. So, <laughs> he accepted the haircut. I mean, it wasn't the best. My mom saw it. Oh, my mom's been annoying me lately. I don't I'll say annoying. She's just been a mom, you know. She'll she ring, she'll ring me up, love Deb. What are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, nothing, man. Why? What's up? She's like, how is the children? I'm like, they're still alive. <laughs> they're still alive, mom. She'll be like, okay, do this and do that, and she'll she'll remind me of stuff that I already know, like Wednesday. Put the bins out. She'll send me a random voicemail message. <laughs> Put the bins out. The dustbin men are coming tomorrow morning. All right, mom. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been in. Uh, I've been in King Standing since I was eleven. <laughs> the bin men used to come on a Friday, and then they changed it. That was years ago. <laughs> I think what my mom forgets is that. I've got my own house. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I have to remind Sheila when to put the bins out. And then my mom's reminding me to when to put the bins out. There's me talking about bins again. But I'm just giving you an example. That's that's what she would do. You know. <laughs> Yesterday she come over and she said... Um, no, she rang me and she said, Oh, your brother Nick. So my brother, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nick wants to take the children to a restaurant for the meal. I was like, Mom, it's a Sunday. I can't be asked. I've got to bath the kids, <laughs> which is another task. I said they're in their pajamas as well, and I don't think they want to go. Right? An hour later, my mom turns up at the door. <laughs> I thought, here we go. <laughs> She's come to check on me. She's like, Where's the children? I said, Mom, they're inside. They're watching TV or they're on their gadgets. I don't know what they're doing. She's like, are we going to that restaurant? I'm, I'm, let me take them. I said, Mom, I don't think they want to go. She goes, why not? <laughs> why not? Ask them. Why are you asking me? <laughs> uh, she took my son. I was like, Mom, he's at And he did they yet, right? I fed them, uh, what was it? Pizza and chips I made for him. Homemade pizza, yeah? 
And they ate that and they were stuffed. And then my mum was like, no, I'm still taking them. I was like, what is it? Kind of meat? It's a buffet. <laughs> it's a buffet. I thought, he ain't going to eat, first of all. He's absolutely stuffed. And then my mum took my son. Like, my, me and my daughter didn't go. So my son went. And then my mum sent me some pictures whilst they're in the restaurant. <laughs> and my son had a plate of fries. And his face was like, he was just like, he looked full, man. <laughs> he looked absolutely full. <laughs> so that's me being a dad. I've been trying to catch up on other stuff, you know, just household things, uh, trying to get them done, trying to sort out. Oh, I've made a new bio as well for my comedy CV. Yeah, so <laughs> I've updated it. It's mainly for promoters, really. I just send it to them, and it's got like uh, it looks. Really, it looks all right, you know, compared to the last one. The last one just looked like a word document, <laughs> standard red and black word document. But this one is more professional. It's got my photo on it. It's got little icons you can click on it. It'll take you to this podcast. Hey, also, uh, you know, take you to a little video of mine that I recently um, filmed, actually. I'm on my new phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did a gig in a place in Hereford, Herefordshire, in the UK. Uh, Hereford's a lovely little place. It's weird, though. Like, it's it's like a little town, a village town. And it's surrounded by smaller villages as well. So, it's like, to get to it, it's not very far Really, from Birmingham, it's not far at all. It's about, what, 60 miles? 50, 60 miles, something like that. But it's because you have to go down the motorway, the highway, for the US listeners, and then you've got to go down the country lanes. And the country lanes is the ones that take the longest to get to we, to uh, Hereford. But I did this gig in this building, right, um, for a promoter called Farcical Comedy. And when I, like, he... he most promoters give you instructions how to get to the gig, where's the best place to park, etc. So I read that and I thought, sweet, you got to go over a bridge and there's a car park. So I was getting got into Hereford, uh, which I've gigged many times, but I've never seen this venue ever in my life. And I got there, I got to the bridge, and I went over the bridge, and I looked to the left and I thought, oh, there's the venue. So the venue is called the Left Bank Village. I saw it and I thought... Ah, oh, that looks all right, isn't it? Brand new building. Looks decent. Looks all right from outside. So I drove over, parked up. And then as I was walking towards the venue, because it's on a bridge, it's on, next to a bridge, basically it's on the River Wye in England. It's quite a big river. And uh, as I was walking over the bridge, I looked at the venue and I was like, wow. <laughs> this venue looks like it looks hot. It had like four or five floors. It was big. Like, I mean, it was huge. The building was. It had like the lights were on. It had like these fire torches all around it, which were, you know, were burning. And um, it's hard to describe. Um, I'll be told it's the jewel of Hereford. Somebody that I know, another comedian based in Hereford, Tommy, that's known as the jewel of Hereford, uh, the left bank village. So I got to the venue, and I thought it was in the main building, and the bloke was like, no, you need to go around the back. 
right, down some steps, and then you'll see on the right. So I thought, all right, and so I followed it down. I was like, hang on a minute. This place has got its own little street. <laughs> it had a little road that went down the side of the venue, and then there was other buildings adjacent to the to that venue, which belonged to the Left Bank Village. I mean, it wasn't attached to, but it was separate, But if you know what I mean. And the courtyard was huge, and there was loads of people. There was people everywhere. Like It was, ram- it was like the main um, attraction in Hereford. And it probably is. If anyone's listening from Hereford is go is probably nodding their head in a green going, Yeah, the left bank is actually Hereford. Might as well get rid of the whole of Hereford and just leave the left bank village. <laughs> yeah, it was a massive courtyard. It reminded me of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. There's a little place called the Underbelly, uh, which has like little marquees and it's always full, it's always vibrant and it's buzzing. And it was like that at the Left Bank Village. There was loads of people. I was amazed. I was looking around. I was thinking, you could turn this whole venue into a Hereford comedy festival. Like, it had that many rooms. You could have shows in each room. And I actually suggested that to the um, arts and entertainment manager, who was really nice, by the way. He really looked after us. You know, we had some proper top-notch booze, soft drinks. And snacks, like, they put on the full works. It was great to see that. And the venue itself was beautiful. Lovely little basement room that they've extended. Low ceiling, dark, lights, everything. Great sound system. Uh, it, was what, it, was, it was a proper gem. So that was that was uh, something else I did. <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I've been jabbering on for ages. I feel like, yeah, you've guessed it. Somebody needs my help. Let's go over to Reddit forum on the No Stupid Questions and see what today's question is. So here we have it. Today's question. Bit of a... Bit of a... I, mean, oh, I wouldn't even say dark, but... Interesting question. <laughs> Seeing as it's coming up to Halloween as well. Oh yeah, I'm going to be recording my Halloween special soon. I'm looking forward to that, actually. I should start on it now, because the last year's episode took me ages to listen to. (laughs) If you haven't heard it yet, go down and uh, through my podcast list and look for Halloween. There is two episodes of my very first one when I first started this podcast. Um, It's okay. It's all right. But I really like my second one, especially the production. And somebody said I sound like a brummy dragon. (laughs) <laughs> a Birmingham dragon right then there we go so today's question on the No Stupid Questions forum brought to you by Reddit is posted by Gonzito and Gonzito asks what are the chances that there is an afterlife when we die <laughs> there we go there's a question Everyone, I bet everyone thinks about this I thought about it is there an afterlife when we die? Now, with, I'm trying not to bring religion into it, but I know in Hinduism and Sikhism, I think, they obviously they believe in reincarnation. And I think, from what a friend told me, that the Hindus believe that you form everything different in life. So you'll start off as a germ. 
<laughs> I think we already are, James. <laughs> Don't even go there, mate. Uh, so basically, you're like an organism, and then you'll evolve to something else, live, die. So you evolve, like, you'll go through creatures, and then the last one is, obviously, human being. And then when you die as a human, I don't know what happens to you. I don't know, man. Well, I, I kind of believe in spirits, kind of. I mean, I've had weird things happen to me. So do listen to the Halloween podcast. It's all explained in that. <laughs> so I don't know, man. But it's like, it's it's a tricky question. Is there an afterlife when you die? I suppose your afterlife is people who are alive are still living your afterlife. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, like legends, for instance, like um, Freddie Mercury, right? A lot of people loved him. Elvis Presley, there's another one. I'm just giving you examples here. So people like that, you always remember. Biggie Smalls, there you go. There's one. <laughs> so you always remember them through through what they've done, what they've achieved. So, I don't know, comedy, acting, dancing, uh, singing, obviously, that kind of thing, maybe. Probably people that have influenced your own life, you'd always remember them. Like, not every day, but occasionally they'll pop into your head and you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember I remember that so-and-so person. He was a, he was a good bloke. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, can we call that an afterlife? <laughs> you don't, you can't, you don't know until you're dead, innit? <laughs> that basically sums up the question. You don't know until you're dead. What are the chances of, like, there is an afterlife when you die? You don't know until you're dead. There's my answer. <laughs> yeah. But he's put something else here. Life is definitely weird, and there is a lot of things that we can't explain. That is true. I'm not a very religious man, like me. Have I wrote this? <laughs> but I believe this life we are all living isn't coincidental. So my question to you guys is, what are the chances that there is something else after we die? Something that we can't comprehend or explain? Maybe you die and then your spirit goes up into the universe and you, you're traveling along the universe and then you come to another planet, right? And of these planets have got aliens, so they look a little bit different to us because of their atmosphere. I don't know. They've got bigger ears because you can't hear much. <laughs> You know how, like, conehead, the big, they have big conehead's. Imagine going on a planet and you've got to have big ears instead. Like, your ears are bigger than your head. <laughs> You're like an elephant. <laughs> but without the trunk. So, yeah, maybe you're travelling a lot. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just filling in content here. You're travelling along, and then you see two parent aliens making love. Wee. <laughs> and then nine months actually it might not even be nine months could be a month could be a week a week later out comes a baby but before the baby comes out your your spirit travels down into the mom 
into the baby, and then you're born again. <laughs> and then when you come out, you don't know anything. You don't remember anything. <laughs> it's like the movie, it's like uh, the TV show Quantum Leap. And you'll have someone next to you called Sam. <laughs> Sam's your little inner voice. I'm absolutely bonkers, man. I don't know why you people listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'll be honest. Right then. <laughs> Let's see what people have put anyway. Oh, I've lost the question. Oh, no. I was trying to click on to see what the comments were for this no stupid question. And I've lost the post. <laughs> Oh, God, I've lost it. Where's it gone? Maybe I've answered it. Maybe I don't need to read what other people have put. But I thought it might be a bit more... Con- more con- oh, there it is. I found it. <laughs> so, all right, I'll read... Um, oh, I'm going to read this one because it's a bit long and we'll leave it at this. So, Bretana 66 has replied to this guy's post and said, The way I see it, there's a 50-50 chance. There either is or there isn't an afterlife. And there is no possibility of ever finding the truth of it until actually dying. At which point, anything that might remain of us would be unable to interact with anyone or anything in this world. Otherwise, we would know it by now after tens of thousands of years of civilization. Frankly, I find it absurdly unlikely that there is any kind of afterlife. After death. That's the name of Biggie's album, second album, Life After Death. <laughs> And if it and if there is, it's so widely beyond our current comprehension that it's almost pointless to think about, though it is a fascinating topic to discuss, especially with the people who have logical but open minds. <laughs> oh, there's an edit. I suppose it's worth noting that there is probably an unknowable amount of knowledge that has been lost over the course of human history. Yes, there is. The Bible. We could well have had more insight into this topic at some point in time, but generally we have lost our spirituality as species, and if we ever did find answers or even just tiny clues relating to an afterlife, it would be it would have been when we had a more spiritual connection to the world and each other. So those answers would probably be lost to us until we find our spirituality again. Wow. Now there's a reply. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be sweet and simple. Now, the person went in all, all in there. All in, matey. Think about like uh, It wasn't a bad bad question, to be fair, that one. Like, I know some, some, I don't, like I said, I don't want to bring culture or religion into it again, but here we go. But if, some, if somebody told you like donkey years ago, that if you did this thing, you'll be rewarded, or I don't know, you'll have um, you'll be rich in your next life if you do what you're doing now. I don't even know how I'm, how I'm connecting these two together. Not like the Taliban are back, as I said before, backing business, <laughs> a new regime. So I was watching a documentary on the BBC in the UK. It's a very famous documentary, actually. And it's the longest-running current affairs TV channel in the world. Yeah, I did a bit of research before I thought I'd speak about this. 1953 was the first episode. 
of Panorama, which um, maybe some of you abroad probably get. I'm not too sure if you do, to be honest. But it's on the BBC iPlayer, and I'm sure it's on YouTube and stuff. But there's a new, there was a new documentary that was, that was out the other night, and I was watching that while the kids were in bed, and I was uh, home alone while Sheila's living it up in Greece, <laughs> catching sun rays, sitting in hot tubs, <laughs> eating gourmet meals. No, I'm not jealous. Um, <laughs> So I was watching this BBC Panorama documentary, as I was saying, and um, it it was about the Taliban. It was called Under the Taliban, right? And, I mean, they haven't really changed, have they? They're like a, they're like a person who, I don't know, say cheats on his partner, right? And then she accepts him back, and he'll go, oh, no, no, no. I only love you, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm not a player anymore, stop doing that. Yeah, right, mate. <laughs> you ain't changed your old habits, have you? So that's what the Taliban are like. <laughs> so they, was, they were basically saying, like, I mean, women's rights there is out the window. Like, I don't think they've got any respect for women, the Taliban. They were on about there on the on the on the program there was the Taliban was saying, right, you know, women are not allowed to go out, right? They're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to study. I was like, okay. And then he went on and he said, they can't wear perfume or smell nice. And I thought, oh my God. And then he went, no word of a lie, they're not allowed to wash. <laughs> hey? You can- <laughs> What kind of women are you into, mate? <laughs> Not allowed to wash. It can't smell good. Uh, they can't wear high heels because the sound of the the sound of you know when the woman walks with high heels or shoes, it's it's productive. Hey, right? mate, there's something wrong in your head. Uh, what else did he say? I, I I was watching all that and I thought to myself, who came up with these ideas? Like. <laughs> Have these guys employed a teenager? Because <laughs> it sounds something like a teenager would say in it. No, I can't be bothered to wash. You know what I mean? Can't, oh, I can't be bothered to put any aftershave on or perfume. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in bed. What's the point of working? <laughs> I'm not doing my own work. I don't want to go to school. It's crap. <laughs> That's a teenager. I'm telling you. Taliban have employed a, t- a teenager or got the teenager to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us tell us what you think. What should we do? You know, 20 years, man. It's madness, isn't it? But I, I was laughing my head off when I saw that. Like, what what the guy was coming out with was absolutely mental. Women ain't got rights there, man. They still abduct women there and they don't, they don't, even tell uh, the family where that person is. And if that person can get a hold of their family in any way, you know, it's very brief. It, it's sad, man. It's really sad. What's happening in Afghanistan? It's terrible. Um, I don't want to end it that way, but I have got a weird news story to do. Don't know what it is. We'll have to see. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm be, I always, what, fortnightly now, it seems like this podcast is, and i got so much stuff to talk about, it's mental. Right then, let's do a weird news story. This one uh, comes all the way from New Zealand, today's weird news story, and funny enough, it's something that I might do on the podcast. <laughs> on the Halloween podcast, sorry, shall I say. So you know how the first one, it was just me. And then the second one, I do that dragon voice. <laughs> this one, I actually thought about it today and I thought, I might play a wizard. <laughs> I should just get a, a, a cape and a hat. <laughs> Pointy hat, like Harry Potter. Just dress up like Harry Potter when I'm doing it. <laughs> might even do that. Right then. <laughs> Today's weird news story is New Zealand Council ends contract with Wizard <laughs> after two decades of service. <laughs> this is great. I haven't even read the story. I hope it's funny. Right then. Ian Brackenbury Channel was paid $16,000 a year to provide acts of wizardry for the city of Christchurch. <laughs> okay. So, the official wizard of New Zealand, perhaps the only state-appointed wizard in the world, has been cast from the public payroll, spelling the end to a 23-year legacy. The wizard, whose real name is Ian Brackenbury Channel, shout-out to Ian Brackenbury Channel, who's 88 years old, happy birthday, mate, had been contracted to Christchurch City Council for the past two decades to promote the city through acts of wizardry and other wizard-like services. I need to get in touch with this blog. <laughs> Do you think he's going to cost me $16,000 just to get in touch with him? Maybe I should get him on the podcast, the Halloween one. That would be amazing. Right, carry on with the story. Right, he has been paid a total of... Check this one out. 368,000 New Zealand dollars. Wow. I don't know how much that is in England, but that is a lot of money. <laughs> the wizard, who was born in England, oh, he's from England, began performing acts of wizardry and entertainment in public spaces shortly after arriving in New Zealand in 1976. When the council originally tried to stop him, the public protested. <laughs> That's great. The public was behind this wizard. <laughs> I wonder if they had like, um, like burning torches. <laughs> In 1982, the New Zealand Art Gallery Directors Association said he'd become a living work of art. I bet he's a celebrity there. And then in 1990, the Prime Minister at that time was Mike Moore and asked that he consider becoming the Wizard of New Zealand. <laughs> now we know where Lord of the Rings is from. <laughs> he's the real Gandalf, man. I'm telling you. Because that's where it was filmed, wasn't it? Lord of the Rings. Filmed in New Zealand. <laughs> I am concerned that your wizardry is not at the disposal of the entire nation, 
more wrath on his official letterhead. I suggest, therefore, that you should urgently consider my suggestion that you become the Wizard of New Zealand, Antarctica and relevant offshore areas. No doubt there will be implications in the area of spells, blessings, curses and other supernatural matters that are beyond the competence of mere Prime Ministers. <laughs> so Mike Moore, one of the old Prime Ministers, he was proper into wizard, this wizard stuff, weren't he? <laughs> he wanted it's a cult he wanted to join it since then he has performed in Christchurch he's done a rain dance in New Zealand and Australia during the drought and was awarded the Queen's Service Medal in 2009 on the Queen's Birthday's Honours but he also encountered controversy with off-colour comments about women oh here we go <laughs> he's one of them isn't he so there's a tweet from Anna Rahiti Connell. Gonna go out on a limb and say that the wizard being cancelled after 23 years is fine. <laughs> so in April screening of Channel 3's comedy current affairs show New Zealand Today, which is hosted by Guy Williams, the wizard said he liked to tease women by telling them they were devious and said they use cunning to get men who are thick. <laughs> I love women I forgive them all the time I've never struck one yet never strike a woman because they bruise too easily is the first thing and they'll tell their neighbours and their friends and then you're in big trouble this is what he's saying <laughs> what an idiot the council said it had sent the wizard a letter thanking him for his services to Christchurch over the past decade and informing him they were closing the book on his contract. The council spokesperson, <laughs> Lynn McLennard, said. McLennard added that it was a difficult decision, but the wizard would be forever be a part of history. The city is embarking on new tur tourism. I think that's why they got him in. The city is embarking on new tourism and promotional direction that will reflect its diverse communities and showcase a vibrant, diverse, modern city that is attractive to resident, domestic, and international visitors, businesses, and skilled migrant workers. The wizard said the council had decided to stop paying him because he did not fit the vibes <laughs> of the city. He said he was a provocative, what? Provocator. I can't even read it. It implies that I am boring and old. But there is not nobody else anything like me in Christchurch. I believe that, mate. <laughs> He's got a proper wizard stick as well. Like it's a proper one. The wizard is a well-known face to Christchurch residents, but in recent years his presence has diminished, and sightings have become rare. He says that is because the council have made him invisible. <laughs> <laughs> And would not respond to his suggestions to improve tourism. What's he supposed to do? Like cast spells or something. <laughs> he should go to India. They'd love him there. <laughs> they believe anything in India. It, it'd, it'd be a proper fit. But when they cancelled this honorarium, everyone got furious. They have oh, awakened a hornet's nest here. It's hilarious. The next few months are going to be real fun. 
The wizard said he would keep us keep up his regular appearances at Christchurch Art Centre, chanting to tourists and locals. The centre is hosting an exhibition of his life this month, which is supported by the council. When asked if he would curse the council, <laughs> this is what everybody wants to know. When asked if he'd be, well, when asked if he would curse the council over his decision, he said he preferred to give blessings. Of course, mate, you got paid three hundred sixty-eight thousand uh, New Zealand dollars. <laughs> I, I can't even say anything more about that. I've give children happy dreams, general good health, and I want to make bureaucrats become more human. That's the end. <laughs> like there's a picture of this guy like he's gandalf man if if lord of the rings copied anyone it was this bloke i'm surprised he wasn't asked to play gandalf <laughs> why did they get him to do it <laughs> that is brilliant i think that's the first time i've done a weird news story from new zealand i think so well, and I think it's the longest podcast. I keep saying it, but I think this is the longest one <laughs> in history. Right, folks, that was today's weird news story, and that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're looking forward to the next one. It's going to be the Halloween special. Whee! I can't wait to record a Halloween special. I love it, man. It's like a oh, what is it? It's like a like a celebration like for me as a podcast because then i know how many years i've done a podcast <laughs> anyway have fun whatever you're doing yeah um and i'll see you soon take care uh-huh.